guys to the third episode of the Keeping It Real with Reggie and Ruhi podcast. I'm Reggie Bird, and I've got my, you know, my colleague Ruhi Ali Khan. Hello, guys. How are you? Yeah. So uh, we wanted to talk about our meeting that we had. It was with the Contra Costa Association of Realtors, and it was what they call it, the big meeting. Yeah, it's their annual big meeting where they get like the vice president of CAR, which is California Association of Realtors, and they get their legal counsel out, Gov Hutchinson, I believe. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of really good information. We were each there for our own specific interests, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know you and I share this. (laughs) And everyone in the industry should. But, you know, sad to say the auditorium had quite a few realtors and agents in there but this piece of information that reggie and i were there for seemed to be (laughs) not on everyone's radar which kind of baffled me i don't know how you felt about that i'm very baffled by it but the the main thing that is going on right now is basically the 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 buyer agent's model is looking to be totally disrupted by two recent lawsuits one i believe is in missouri which is going on right now. I believe it's Missouri. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't It is okay. And then there's another one that's going to be in Illinois that, that's going to be in a few months. And uh, and basically what's going on is uh, there's a, a claim of antitrust and that uh, the, the model that we have in which realtors who list the property share a portion of their commission with the buyer's agent as a means of marketing the property and um, it's being claimed by these defendants in the uh, in the suit, uh, the that, plaintiffs, the plaintiffs rather, mm-hmm. that uh, yeah, that this is uh, antitrust. Now, what is antitrust? Antitrust is something that's not maybe not necessarily disclosed, or something that is they've got no choice in the matter. And so that's what I always thought antitrust was. What, what's your take on it? What do you? Yeah, that's the same thing that um, that I gather from it, and that's what these plaintiffs are claiming that uh, that this system, and actually some of the the words that that are being used during this trial is they they've called. NAR uh, system like uh, a cartel and everything. <laughs> okay, but here's here's what kills me. Okay, <laughs> I mean, let's let's be real. It's been ten years since this, these transactions have happened. These are not recent transactions. So you're very happy, Mister Seller, when you sold your property and you made your money. And are you? now saying that you didn't know that the agent who brought you the offer was getting paid like I don't know call me naive or call me you know whatever but to me that's a little suspect like it's like oh hold on what so I thought I was paying you Reggie the five percent and are you telling me you gave half of that five percent to the buyer's agent like I'm sorry obviously and when you sign a listing agreement for anyone who sells a property we specifically go through that listing agreement and I say here's the five percent or the six percent whatever you're charging right there's no set amount and I'm charging you this amount and then out of that amount I'm giving two and a half or three percent depending on whatever we've decided on to the buyer's agent the buyer's agent is going to work to help you bring new offers. Now, 
sometimes, and tell me if you do this, but what I've done, and I've been in the business for 30 years, and I've done this at least, I'm going to say the last 15 years, which is, should I bring you the buyer myself? I will always tell you that I'm bringing you the buyer, but I won't charge you the full five or five and a half percent. I'm going to lower it to four and a half percent. And I write that in with pen and I explain it to my sellers. So now you're initialing all of this. And, and so this lawsuit, they're claiming that they didn't know that, you know, they didn't know that you're paying half of your commission. Well, to they the other know agent. it. They, they clearly know it. And, and I can't speak for other states, but it's very clear and spelled out in the, uh, the California contracts. And, you know, quite honestly, I don't think that they're trying to say that they didn't know that. I think what they're trying to say is they were coerced into doing that because it's a system that's fixed. Now, I guess if you want to play devil's advocate, it it is something that is a very common practice. Everything is negotiable and and that's very clear in all the wording and all the documents, but it is a, a very common practice. Be remiss to say that it's not a common practice. But I'm always curious about motive and money. And, you know, at the end of the day, there's a lot of lawyers that are involved in this. What do you think that the lawyers' motives are that, it, that are getting this all started? Well, I want, I want to back up a little bit. First of all, coerced. And that word is very strong. So our job, you hiring us as a salesperson or hiring you or me as a salesperson... Our job is to sell the property, right? And the reality is, I've had clients who've come to me and said, Rui, can we sell, you know, I mean, I only want to offer half a percent to the buyer's agent. So I, I could you do it for a full 3%, two and a half to you and a half a percent to the other agent. And I always say, I could do whatever you want. Nothing is set in stone. But let me tell you what happens. When I put it on the MLS, the buyer's agents get to see everything on the MLS. They get to see, you know, two and a half percent, half a percent, whatever. How do you compare it to somebody else who's offering two and a half percent and half percent, you know, and you're only offering a half a percent. So essentially, you know, the buyer's agent's job is to tag team with the listing agent to help sell your house. That's part of why the the uh the plaintiffs have the the issue in the in this in this suit is because they feel as though what's happening is that the the buyer's agents are not going to be fair in showing all the properties and will handpick and cherry pick properties to show based upon how much commission they're going to make okay but here's the deal right and the reality is that okay you're on upwork or you're on fiverr or you're on one of these sites where you've got different jobs and you can hire someone to do a project for you as a as someone who is hiring someone i'm going to cherry pick someone who's charging me less than someone who's charging me the most um if they have the same skills as everybody else why would I want to spend more money? It's called shopping around, right? You're shopping around. <laughs> so as an agent, yes, you have fiduciary duties to your buyers. To show them all the available properties. Yes, but now there's a, what's called, and again, neither of us are attorneys, but you know, I am a broker and I know that there is an implied contract. Mm-hmm. So as your agent, if you're a buyer, I have an implied contract with you that I'm going to act, you know, in your best fiduciary duty. And I'm going to show you everything out there. But, you know, at the end of the day, 
there's human I'm, nature. You're a human, <laughs> right? And we're not all cut from the same cloth. I mean, the reality is there are going to be people who, why do you offer bonuses in the, in the confidential remarks? Why do you offer, hey, if we get an offer by, you know, November the 30th or before Thanksgiving, we're going to offer a $5,000 bonus, right? Like there's a lot of things in there. So obviously if there's a bonus, people want to show your property even more. And so to say, you know what, that's not, it's not going to be a level playing field, then you might as well hire a bunch of robots to do the job. You just show every single property. So, I mean, to me, I, I don't like the word coercion. I don't think that that, that is something that you know, most realtors, we strongly suggest that you do offer a better commission or offer something that's more of the median commission that's out there. Again, nothing set in stone, but... And let's be real. I mean, everybody has Zillow, Trulia, Redfin, everything. They have access to everything anyway. Mm -hmm. So you you can't cherry pick properties even if you wanted to. If they if there's a property they want to see and the listing agent is only offering one dollar, if they want to see and they want to buy it, they're gonna buy it. They're gonna buy it. With but, or without you. Yeah, yeah. But here's the reality, okay? So what's what's happening right now is this situation, there's a chance that buyers, brokers are going to go away, right? There is a chance. There's a chance. And it's going to be the listing agent who's going to do both be the seller's agent and the buyer's agent. I have a huge problem with that because just like we're all human, I mean, you know, you've got three children. Are you going to love all three children? I, mean, I hope you love all three children the same, right? But how do you, how do you say, oh, I'm I'm, who do you work who for? Who do you work for? Do you work for the seller or do you work for the buyer? Right? And and the seller's saying something and now I'm like tippy-toeing because the buyer should know this, but, you know, I don't have the permission to share it. Like, it's just a tangled web and kind yeah. of a mess. It's a tangled web. So, the uh, the one gentleman that was um, speaking was a Gov Hutchinson. Uh -huh. uh, he... He had mentioned that there's uh, a few ways that this could end up. One could be that they just, NAR comes out on top and then this is just a non-issue. Another thing could be that, hey, they, they lose, but then they'll probably appeal, which will be just a long, drawn-out process for years. It could be another situation where they can lose, and while they're going through the appeals, the judge could actually start some new rules, which could even include... Getting rid of buyer agency, not buyer agency, but the whole thing where we can share our commission. That could be um, actually gotten rid of while they're still appealing. Or it could be just that, hey, they just lose straight up and they can't appeal and um, you know, the listing agent can't share their commission anymore. Yeah. I mean, I think it's very, I mean, he seemed like he felt like it was very unlikely that that would happen at best if there was in if NAR lost then there would be an appeal and it'll be a long drawn out process for years it would be but you know one thing I always tell like my agents and I try to practice myself which is if I'm working with a buyer I want to do a buyer's representation agreement and let me tell you why mm -hmm. and I you know anyone out there who is either a buyer or who is an agent. Honestly, real estate, uh, purchasing a home for yourself to live in or investment property is the biggest purchase you will make in your lifetime. And you want to be represented. You want someone who's going to be able to 
help you write the contract, help you do your due diligence, help look out for you and be like, okay, listen, I personally am not sure about this street because it's got like a 20 million cars on it. Mm -hmm. I've kind of been looking at how the condition of some of these other homes on your street look like. I'm not sure this would be the best investment for you, right? Right. What, there's so much value to having a buyer's broker, a buyer's agent, and you know, saying, hey, I am loyal to you. I'm going to sign this document which says that you are my broker or my representation. You're going to look out for my best interest when I'm purchasing this property. You are going to go through the contract and you're going to write it in a way where it's it's strong. It represents me without giving away everything. And you're going to help me go through all the disclosures and anything that I should look out for. Whether you've bought one house or you buy 10 houses, you always want to be represented. Again, this is my opinion because this is the largest purchase of your life. You don't want to look back and be like, you know what? I wasn't represented. I don't, you know, I don't have any documentation. I can't call someone and ask for tax documents. I can't call someone and ask them, hey, this is what's happening and can you help me? And do you remember anything on the disclosures about this? You need to be represented. So with a buyer's agency agreement, there's there's a couple of things, right? Either you are as a buyer, if there's no compensation being offered, then you might have to pay your you know, buyer broker some sort of compensation, like a percentage or a fixed dollar amount, whatever you agree on. Or you're essentially saying that if this property that's on the MLS isn't offering me this money, then I will. But most of the time, MLS, you know, you do have something being offered to them. What do you think? Yeah, well, I just want to, you know, for everybody that's out there, I want to be clear. If if these lawyers and these plaintiffs get what they want, what's going to happen is that if you're a buyer and you want to be represented by an agent, you will have to pay out of your pocket. No, not not 100% necessarily, right? Like you might because they I don't think they can come up with a law and say, oh, you're not putting anything out there for a buyer's broker, right? Or is is that what they're saying? That's what they're they're trying to make. They they actually want to make that potentially like um, like a violation to. Okay, that's going to be a hot mess right a hot mess if i'm now instead of paying my broker almost like a respa violation type thing almost like like it's a kickback you know i was okay maybe i was a little unclear on it but to me if that's something that happens and they decide that well i think it's up in the air right i think that's ultimately what they want to see happen and i could be wrong right all this stuff is so new and it's ever-changing like like right now, they're literally right now as we speak having, you know, these <laughs> these actual court conversations, cases. these court yeah. cases. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, maybe it won't go that far. Maybe they'll just, you know, make some um, restrictions on it. We don't know. We don't know. We and don't know. guys, I- I'll tell you one thing. You know, if you're working with a, a realtor, you are a realtor. I know a lot of you don't know what's going on. A lot of realtors don't even know. Yeah. Not, we're, we're following it really heavy because we want to make sure that you have this information and you're empowered as, as the consumers out there. Yeah, and, and today's meeting was hilarious because a lot of people were like, eh, whatever. They weren't really listening and I'm thinking, okay, I would listen if you're planning on being in the business in the next three to five years because this will affect you whether you are a buyer, a seller, a realtor, a broker, anyone in the industry, this is going to affect you. So you better pay attention because this 
has the potential of to affect changing the whole economy. It, the whole economy and your whole life. You better look for another job if you're a virus <laughs> agent, right? Because it can affect your whole life. But what I'm talking about, and thank you for stepping in there, is what I'm talking about is a buyer's broker agency. If you are a realtor right now or you're a buyer, put your buyer's broker agency in place. You don't need it right now. Nothing's happened, but it's a good practice to have because one, you are committed to your buyer. Your buyer is committed to you and you're very clear on that document of what your obligations as a buyer broker are to your buyer. And so for me, when I'm meeting with someone, you know, it's very, very difficult to represent every buyer who wants me to represent them because I'm a broker, I run a company, I've got listings. So for me, if I'm working with a buyer, I want to make sure that they understand that I'm going to put in a lot of time and then a lot of effort and I'm going to represent them the best representation that they can get. So it's very, very important to be able to sit and have that one-on-one conversation and, and go through that buyer's broker paperwork and show them these are the things that I'm going to do. And it spells everything out. So yeah. everybody knows what everybody's duties are and what everybody's responsibilities are. 100%. And I mean, it's going to be really interesting. I'm really hoping that half our industry doesn't go away. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it would be interesting if that, but that would just mean that we would have to pivot. You know, things change yeah. and, and, and we would have to pivot. I think that would really make it even harder for people to get home, especially first time home buyers, because you're not going to, you know, if agents can't get paid, you're going to have to go directly to the listing agent. <laughs> and what if you have that? That's what people, especially first time home buyers, come to us as realtors for to have that guidance. If you've never bought a house before, you don't know what to do, what questions to ask, what to look for. Yeah, or there's a lot of investors. So recently, you know, I'm working with my investor clients and I sold their investment property and now we were going to do a 1031 exchange. We sold it for two and a half million dollars and they wanted to buy two properties that, you know, for their exchange properties and they needed to buy them within a certain number of days. They needed to identify within a certain number of days. And honestly, you don't know those nuances. And even if you've done this over and over again, when you're working with a buyer's agent, we're able to help kind of put the whole puzzle together with the exchange company, with the title company, knowing the timeline. So whether you're a first time buyer or you're an experienced investor, it's very, very prudent to have representation. It's like kind of going on trial and saying, I don't need an attorney. You know, I'm going to represent myself because I know the, the cases and the facts of my case better than anybody else. I think that's a mistake. Right. right? I agree. So now not to cut this short, this is really, really important stuff. But some of the other stuff that we got to learn about today, which was amazing, uh, as usual, was learning about some of the new laws that are coming into play. And, you know, some of them, I loved the law about the potential ADUs, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, the <laughs> fact that you maybe in the future will be able to sell your ADU separately as a separate residence, which would be huge. Yeah, I mean, that's really premature, but that got me really excited because I was like, <laughs> wait, what? I don't have an ADU, but I'd build an ADU and then I could sell it separately. And then it, essentially you're selling it as a condo. 
And that's from the state. Now, your local, you know, HOA and all these things, if you have an HOA, have to approve it. But one of the things that Gov impressed upon was that if the state, you know, wants it to happen, which they do, it will. So once we get more information on this, we're going to share it with you if you, you know... Anytime. Do you think everybody knows what an ADU is? No, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's back up. What's an ADU, Reggie? <laughs> uh, uh, it's a... Um, it's a... Accessory dwelling. Dwelling unit, yes. <laughs> I didn't know the A. I, I knew the, the dwelling unit. But I... <laughs> <laughs> you scared me. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, it's an accessory dwelling unit. Now, you could have an ADU attached to your house. You could have a separate structure. And someone in the meeting asked, hey, what if it's like attached to your house and it's sharing a wall he goes well that's a condominium you could still sell it i'm like wow like this like all these you know little alarms went off in my head because i was like this is awesome like this is huge especially for people who are thinking about retiring and they have all this land and all this stuff and they're deciding hey you know what i'd like to sell my house but i really don't want to sell my house because i still want to live in california but I'm thinking I'm moving to Idaho or wherever. I mean, there's just so many things. So what I was saying is as we get more information, we will share it with you. But know this, that at any time, whether it's this or anything else we've discussed in our previous podcast or our future podcast, you have our contact information so we can answer things specific to you. Always feel free to reach out to myself or Reggie and we will you know, answer your questions for you. Yes, um, all my social media handles are at Reggie Bird Jr. Um, any social media that you go on, I have the same handle um, all across the board. And I'm sure... What, what mine's are your just Ruhi Ali Khan Cali Real Estate. And all of our handles are going to be linked below. So again, you know, you call Reggie, you deal with Reggie and me. And you call me, you deal with me or Reggie. So, you know... Like we're all artistry. Us, we're, we're all artistry. <laughs> so we are here to you know answer your questions but there are some other really cool things right that he was talking about other laws yeah um especially regarding like um the different things regarding you know uh, those of you out there who are either aspiring or current landlords which (laughs) will um, make things is gonna the the waters are getting a little bit more murky so i don't want to go into a lot of the details with that because you know we have to brush up on these things ourselves but just to say that there's going to be a lot of new rules that are going to open up a lot of um, landlords into more exposure for litigation and liability (laughs) liability and and all types of things so if, if you don't have someone that's helping you with your property management, you know, that that could be could be an issue. <laughs> yeah, that's it's honestly and we are we have taken on, you know, doing property management. And honestly, the minute I heard those, I started getting a little bit nervous and I'm like, OK, you know what? It's time for us to um, brush up on some of these things. Now, these are new laws that are going to come into effect. And honestly, it's going to make it really, really murky. That's the, <laughs> the water's murky, as Reggie said, which is nice because honestly, you need someone to represent you. I would if I was a, a landlord and had tenants and 
and all these different laws because frankly, I, I just couldn't wrap my head around it if I did something else besides real estate. Right, because you know we do this full time, but if you own multiple properties and you're working a full time job or even if it's a part time job, <laughs> you, you don't want to have to deal with that all the time and knowing all the uh, the nuances of what you can and what you can't do when you can evict somebody, when you can't evict someone, worried about potential discrimination and you don't even realize that you know somebody could claim discrimination so there's a lot well so here's a little golden nugget and you know this is ironic because i had this conversation with a client earlier today he was telling me about one of his clients who's a section 8 client who he wasn't aware of some of the rules and he said next time i'm not going to i'm not going to let you know lease out to a, a section 8 person mm. well guess what <laughs> friend i'm not going to call you out on this podcast but <laughs> laws are changing you have no choice if they are if they've got the same qualification as any other tenant that's applying then you can't discriminate against section, section eight. eight so that is super super scary and if you have tenants that are over 12 months you know in your property their their rights have just all of a sudden exploded they, i mean they've got a lot more rights so again these are just small things we can talk to you individually case by case but if you don't have someone property managing i would highly recommend you do reach out to us like reggie said we do property management and honestly it's a write-off for you and a little bit more of a headache for us but <laughs> at least we will work to keep you protected as best as we can right uh, yeah of course <laughs> Of course, of course, that's uh, that's what we do. Yeah. All right, so I, I think that kind of sums up everything that we had to talk about today. As you hear what we're, t if you have any questions for us or anything that you would like us to discuss on the podcast, feel free to put your messages in the comments or, or message us directly. That helps us help you with any questions that you have or topics that you would like us to go over. Yeah, guys, and we would love, you know, we're, we've started this adventure together and we would love your feedback. We would love your reviews. And we'd love for you to subscribe and keep on listening. And like Reggie said, if there's anything specific you want to talk about or, or hear about in the real estate industry, in the wealth building industry, you know, remodeling, let us know because we plan on having some great guests on our show and we would love to cater it to what you want to hear. Yes, definitely. That's it for now. All right. Take <laughs> care, everyone. We're signing off. I'm a